What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Fitness Podcast. My name is Rashid Terry. This is episode 11 of Spiritual Fitness Podcast. I'm so I'm so thankful and grateful that you guys been rocking with me all this time. And um, if you're new to this to this podcast, I want to welcome you. And I, I want to tell you that spiritual fitness is focused on training our minds, our bodies, our souls to submit to the spirit of the living God. It encompasses spiritual methods given from biblical texts, as well as devotionals to encourage, motivate and challenge believers of Jesus Christ to walk in agreement with the word of God. Now, the Bible says Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Glory to God. So I'm praying that everybody that's tuned in right now is healthy in their bodies, healthy in their minds. I pray that you're doing well, even as your soul prospers today. Glory to God. That's my prayer for you. I want you all to be good because at the end of the day, God doesn't wish that any should perish, but that all people will come to repentance. Glory to God. Now, I I kind of struggled with a with a topic for this week because you know obviously this this weekend is Resurrection Sunday, what most of people most people consider Easter. And um, you know, I asked the Lord. I I was like, well. Most people are going to go to church. They're going to hear the, you know, the different messages that represent the resurrection. But, you know, what what is it that you want the people to know? <laughs> and it did, and it just dawned on me that in Matthew chapter seven, verse 13 through 14, the Bible says, and this is instructions for us, y'all. This is enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. I'm reminded right now that there are many people who've heard this message that I'm about to share with you today. Yet and still, those who find it are few. There are many people who've been exposed to this message, who've grew up in churches and have a, a pastor as a father or a grandfather, or they have a mother who prays a lot or, you know, is a, a deaconess or a grandmother who's used to always drag you to church. Yet and still. The gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many. And so because there are still so many who enter by that wide gate. It's my goal and it's my it's my intention, it's my it's my passion, it's my desire to want to see you, whoever is listening right now to enter by the narrow gate, because, yeah. The way the way is hard that leads to life. The way is hard because you got to give up some things that you probably don't really want to give up. 
If you could be honest with yourself, there are some things that you know that you must give up in your life. But more importantly, it's some things that you want to give up that you have a hard time giving up. You don't even know how to give it up. And so I want you to figure out today. The question I want to ask you today is. The type of person that will enter by the wide gate or the narrow gate, I want to I want you to I want you I want you to ask yourself, which person am I? Which one am I out of those two people who chooses to enter by the wide gate and those who choose to enter the narrow gate? Oh, man, I like I said, I tackle with this message and I have some notes written, you know, for this podcast. But, you know, oh, man, as I continue to read the, the scripture and just read through the Gospels, I just began to get so encouraged about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. About what he actually did and what Resurrection Sunday really represents. It's oh man, this message is so tainted throughout the centuries and I just I just pray that your ears will hear today you know over 2,000 years ago a man named Jesus died on the cross on behalf of all humanity he was not the only person to die on the cross that day though in fact two others were hung on the cross right next to him one on his left and one on his right but unlike Jesus these men were criminals. Jesus was innocent. Yet he was beaten and crucified like no other man. In fact, the Bible says he was marred like no other man. He was he was whipped with a cat of nine tails. These things would would rip the flesh off your bones. They beat Jesus. They spit on him. They tore the beard from his face. They mocked him by blindside punching him in the face and then and then telling him to prophesy and tell him who did it. They knew he couldn't see because they they, they did it blindsided. They stripped him naked in front of everyone and, and mocked him by putting on a, a purple robe to represent royalty. And then they fashioned a crown of thorns and they jammed it onto his skull. You see, Jesus was was marred so bad that he was unrecognizable as a human being. I'm not trying to gross y'all out, trust me, but so many people try to taint this message or water it down. But I, I'm telling you right now, I'm not saying this for you to, to be grossed out or to feel sorry for Jesus. I'm just painting a picture for you as a believer or you as a non-believer. They they made Jesus walk his own cross to a hilltop. And it was there where they nailed Jesus at his hands and at his feet. On this cross, his blood was shed. But it didn't stop there. You see, the accusers began to mock him some more. By saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Even even one of the criminals next to him on the cross joined in. In the book of Luke, chapter 23, 
verse 39 through 41. One of the criminals said, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying. Do not do you not fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation. And we indeed justly. For we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. So here we have two guilty sinners. And one who has never sinned. He's free from any guilt. And has never deceived anyone by lying or telling half truths. Now, at this point, you're probably saying, OK, I know all this. You speak about this every week. I know all this. I've heard it in church. I know all this. I've read the Bible back and forth. But this is then this is why I'm going to church this Sunday, because because I know all this and I'm going to get dressed up in my best clothing and, and we're going to go out and eat with family after. And we might even we might even take some pictures to show off. You know, we went to church this Sunday. But what are we celebrating exactly? You see, me and and many other followers of Jesus Christ are celebrating something much, much more. We are celebrating God's plan being realized and fulfilled through the only begotten son of the living God. You see, everything I just shared with you was all a part of God's plan. Even down to the two criminals on the cross. One on each side. So I want you to ask yourself, which one am I? Am I the criminal who mocks Jesus and say, if you are the Christ, won't you save yourself and save us? Or are you the one that's going to acknowledge your sins? You see, before I get before I get super happy and tell you about the goodness of Jesus, I want to tell you how far back God's plan was adopted. John 1, John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5 says this. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, can I brag on Jesus real quick? Because <laughs> verse three in this New Living Translation says this. It says, God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. So as you think of Jesus's crucifixion, I want you to understand that the brevity of what was done and who it was being done to. When they whipped him with that cat of nine tails, tearing the flesh off his bones and humiliating him and spitting on him. And this is the same, the same Jesus who has always been, who was in the beginning. Who through him, everything was created. Now, John chapter one, nine through 11 goes on to say this. The true light 
which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. See, we know through scriptures that the religious leaders at that time, being the Jews and the ones who gave him over to be crucified, those people were the people who did not receive him. In fact, on the day that Jesus was, was brought before the people and were given a choice to punish a known criminal or punish Jesus, the people yelled, crucify him. Talking about Jesus. John chapter 1 verse 14 goes on to say that God's living word who was there from the beginning and was God became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Glory to his name. So I hope I hope you're following me right now because I'm I'm taking you on a trip thousands of years in the making well, for one the word was with God two the word was God three the word was light and life four all things were created through the word and number five the word became a flesh and blood person full of grace unfailing love it was perfected. I mean, perfect love, not the love me and you try to attempt <laughs> through all types of different ways. But this unfailing love and truth. See, before the creation of the earth, God, the father and God, the son created a plan to implant the living God on earth to walk amongst humanity because God in his in his awesomeness and his holiness and pureness was too much for human flesh or eyes to behold. And this all happened because of what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden by rebelling against God through disobedience. And through that disobedience, sin entered into the world. Sinful man and sin and um, sinful man could no longer fellowship with the perfect, pure, holy God the way that they did then. Glory to God. Since the beginning, God would progressively reveal his plan and progressively reveal Jesus to us. How he would destroy sin, how he would destroy death and redeem humanity. Back in the in the 700 BC, about 700 years before Christ was was even incarnated into the earth. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 53. One through three, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. 
this was hundreds of years before Christ came into the earth, revealing himself as the son of God. This was hundreds of years before that. And this was this is how God chose to reveal to us how his plan was going to work out. You see the criminal on the cross to his right. The people who said crucify him, the religious leaders, all those who rejected Jesus. They did not care. And they despised the light and life of men. But the criminal on the left acknowledged his sin and knew he should not despise Jesus. So I ask you. Ask yourself this question, in fact, which one am I? Which one am I? There's so many people that go to church right now that. They go religiously, but do they really believe this gospel? Do they really believe this resurrection of Jesus? Do they really believe what it represents? I want to go on and read verses 4 through 12 for you. It says, yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But hallelujah, Jesus was pierced for our rebellion. Jesus was pierced and crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. Glory to God. He was whipped so we would be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path. What path am I talking about, y'all? That narrow path? That wide path? Which one? <laughs> this is what it says. It says we have left God's path to follow our own. Yet, even though we've done that, the Bible says, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and have never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. God, oh man, this is so good. For he will bear all their sins. 
I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. Glory to God. May he add a blessing to the reading of that word. This is all part of God's plan. This was this was written 700 years before Christ even came into the earth as fully God and fully man. The plan is that God would offer himself up as a sacrifice for the sins of the world. God showed us that he showed us that when Moses led the people out of Israel from captivity into Egypt. Many focus on on Moses parting the Red Sea. But before this, on the Passover, God was about to judge Pharaoh and the people of Egypt for their harsh treatment of God's people in captivity. And he told Moses to tell everyone to sacrifice a lamb without blemish or spot. To put the blood of that lamb on the doorpost. And when the death angel flies over to kill every firstborn in Egypt, the death angel will pass over everyone who has the sacrificial lamb's blood on their doorpost. Glory to God. Every household who did not have the blood of the sacrificial lamb on their doorpost lost their firstborns including Pharaoh. All those who covered their doors with the blood were saved. So I'm asking you this question. <laughs> no, I want you to ask yourself this question. Which one am I? Which one am I? I got to tell you that those two criminals, as one was saying, if you are the Christ, if you are like he didn't believe, even though he's seen him. If you don't, if you are the Christ, why don't you save yourself and save us? And then you got the other criminal who says, how dare you speak that way? Do you not fear God? We are true criminals. We are truly guilty, but he's not. And even as he said this, he looks at Jesus and says, Jesus. Remember me when you get to your kingdom. And in that moment, Jesus says, surely, I tell you, you will be with me in paradise. Ask yourself this question, y'all. Which one am I? Which one am I? Are you just going to church and saying, yeah, if you are Jesus, heal my grandmother. If you're that Jesus, heal my son from from being the way he is. Or are you going to trust him and know that he is Jesus, that he is the son of God, that he is the, the sacrificial lamb whose blood was shed to cover our sins? The one who took 100 percent of God's wrath on our behalf. So that we could be made righteous, not because of our own efforts, but because of what Jesus did. You see, you remember in this scripture, God said when it's fulfilled, when it's finished. In his death, I will be satisfied. And now we have a choice. Do we walk through the wide gate, the wide path, the path that's easy? Or do we choose the narrow path that's hard but leads to life? Resurrection Sunday represents the finished work of Jesus. It represents... Being raised from the dead 
today I spoke to my co-pastor during the broadcast and she says she often asks people, do you want to do over in life? And she said, imagine this chalkboard full of all of your transgressions, all of your iniquities, all of your everything, shame, guilt, everything on there that you can just it's just bearing you down. Now, imagine God taking an eraser and erasing that that blackboard and giving you a clean slate. That's exactly what he did for that criminal. And that's exactly what he wants to do for that person that walks the narrow path. You see, in order for you to get that clean slate, you do have to acknowledge your sin. You do have to ask for forgiveness. You do have to want to repent. You have to want to change your ways. You have to want a do over. And when you do that, Jesus promises that you will be in paradise with him. And Resurrection Sunday represents the victory that we have because had he not gotten on that cross, shed his perfect blood, then that sacrifice wouldn't have been fulfilled. But check this out. Had he not been raised from the dead, why would we believe he was God? Who has the power over death? Who has the power over sin? Lord God Almighty. And so this is what we celebrate. We're not celebrating candy. We're not celebrating bunny rabbits. We're not celebrating how good we look on Sunday. No, we're celebrating the fact that we have victory in Jesus. He was raised from the dead and he is alive. He is the firstborn of the resurrection. And we all get to experience the same resurrection that he experienced. But we must choose a path. I want you to ask yourself this question right now. Which one am I? Those two people on that cross next to Jesus represent humanity. The criminal on the right represents the person who who is dibbling, dabbling in church, the person who doesn't believe at all. The person who thinks that they got time to play around with God. And the person on the left, he knows time is up. And he recognizes that uh, if he died right now, he would probably go to a place that is uh, full of torment and torture, worse than anything he could have ever experienced on Earth. And so we in humanity can identify with these two criminals because we are all guilty of sin. The Bible says we are all born sinners. It's not of our own effort. We didn't do anything to become sinners. But because we are born sinners, we do act. We do actively participate in sin. And so because of that, we are separated from God. There is a there is a separation there. There is a great cloud over us that that just divides us from God, the father. Jesus said, no one comes to the father except through me. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. We're not getting there on our own, guys. We have to trust in this blood. His resurrection, his death, his burial and resurrection represent everything that Jesus went through in order to save our souls. 
but it's okay because he overcame it. He is God. He's always been God. And he showed us that he was and he left a record behind for us to know that he is God and that he's a savior. Because so <laughs> I have to tell you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. They might have arrested Jesus, but he allowed them. And whoever should believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That criminal on the left believed in Jesus. And now he's in paradise. So I want to open up this this invitation to you right now, whether you're whether you're born again, but you've you backslid. Whether you think you're born again because because you go to church a lot or your grandmother told you a lot about Jesus or you were raised Christian or Catholic. This is your opportunity to. Get a do over. If you're a person and you've never heard this before. And you believe what I've told you, this good news that Jesus died for our sins. And all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved from eternal death and eternal lake of fire. This message is for you to make a decision. And you get to choose right now which person you are on that cross. So if you are that person who wants to be saved, if you're that person who wants to be born again, you want to do over. You want your blackboard erased of all your shame, iniquity and transgression. I want you to bow your head before the Lord and repeat after me. I want you to say, Heavenly Father. I know I was a born sinner. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe he suffered, bled and died on the cross for my sins. And I believe on the third day. God raised him from the dead. I now repent of my sins. Forgive me, Lord, for what I've done to myself and what I've done to others. Jesus, come into my heart and make me the person you want me to be. And by faith, I receive the Lord Jesus as my Lord, personal Savior, and my master. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Welcome to the body of Christ, y'all. Welcome to the body of Christ. If you said that prayer, there is no condemnation for you because you are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who have trusted in God's plan for salvation and have accepted his gift that he willingly gave on that cross. And I want you, when you go to church this Sunday, I want you to go with a new, a new mindset that this was never about <laughs> celebrating uh, some bunny rabbits and candy and just getting together with family. No, this, this is a celebration that if you died right now, you would be before the presence of the Lord and not in a pit of eternal damnation. That's what we're celebrating this week. We're celebrating that he did it for us. He did it for us once for all time. And any time that you find yourself getting into a, a pickle with, with, with sin or, or temptation or, you know, you find yourself slipping up and falling back to your old ways. I want to tell you, you are not who you were. 
Your old self is now dead. And Jesus has resurrected you from the dead and made you a new creation. You are now born again. In Christ Jesus. And as a result of that, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, the father right now, interceding for you on your behalf, praying to the father that he would keep you from falling. And he's presenting you blameless and faultless before God's presence. 24 seven. I love you with the love of the Lord. I hope you guys make it to church this weekend with new eyes and new ears. And I want you to read your own word. I want everyone who has said that prayer today. And even if you haven't, this is for even believers. Y'all might say, oh, he always talks about this. Yes, because the minute we forget, we get into self and not into Jesus. So I want you to read the book of John. I want you to read the book of John. And if you don't have to read it all in one day. Sometimes you got to sit on some stuff. After you hear something and you read it, you like, yo, that was deep. Sit on it. Meditate on it. Pray to God about it. But whether you read for five minutes or 40 minutes, after you read, I want you to pray and ask God to reveal to you what you just read. And ask him to just give you wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And he will make your path straight. I love you guys with the love of the Lord. Um, I want to thank everyone who is partner with us and if you would like to support the spiritual fitness ministry podcast or or videos or outreach you can sow a seed of faith into the word of god and the work of the lord in promoting the gospel of christ getting this message out to as many people as possible because it is not the will of the father for any to perish but that all people will come to repentance and if you would like to sow a seed in this ministry in order to get this gospel message out to as many people, go to Cash App, dollar sign Christ Partnership, and sow a seed into the work of God. God says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Your cup runneth over. Shall men give into your bosom. You give to the work of the Lord and God will surely bless you for what you have done. Glory to God. I'll catch you guys next time. I love you with the love of the Lord. God bless.